Hitting record. Original sound on. Don't Original sound is everybody. on. And uh, everybody. We, uh, we like to warm up every day by talking to Dan about, uh, you know, Dan things. So you, you, uh, you went to an en route. Let's, uh, let's, let's recreate that. You went to an en route. You got very hungry. Yeah. Because I'm you, in Stratford now. So it was, uh, you know, later in the day, it was like, uh, I guess it was about eight o'clock or so. Uh, are you back and at just, uh, Bruno Jerusi's kid's house? Yeah, that's the place. Is this the place yeah. where Darren kept asking you if he gave you any of his delicious... Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Spaghetti sauce. Delicious. This is the place, yeah. <laughs> it's delicious spaghetti that. sauce. Okay. Anyway, you got yeah. hungry. You stopped at an en route, and you had right. Popeye's chicken. Right. Which I've never, I've never eaten at a Popeye's before. I've seen them, and there's, it's a lot of deep-fried stuff. So. Mm. Well, of course, they cook everything in olive oil. Yeah. And it was right next to the subway, so that was an option. Uh, next to a Tim Hortons. Those were the three did you, options. Did you understand Fred's joke just there? And you no, you I didn't catch him. What did he say? Well, he said that it's, it's, it's very uh, battered because they cook everything in olive oil. Olive oil was Popeye's girlfriend. Uh. <laughs> Do you not remember this is a mainly comedy-based program? Yeah. And comedies and I was, comedies and I quotations. Was, I was God so damn, focused. That zoomed right over you. <laughs> I was just waiting for somebody to laugh. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to jump in and explain that to Dan. So, Dan, was the point of all of this that the Popeye's chicken was very, very expensive? Well, they were all expensive. There's uh, the next, whatever the one next door was, was had a, you know, I don't even know what it was. There was lots of burgers next door, but they were all coming out. Uh, it looked on the menu that things were 10 to $12. Yeah. And I was going. So, what like, would you expect to pay in a roadside uh, fast food place? Like, I maybe it has it's been a while. So, I was expecting six, seven bucks or something. I suppose. No, no, buddies, buddies, come on. But, 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 Howard, since COVID, there's been a huge jump. Like, they always raise prices. But since COVID, I mean, so many of these companies, for whatever reason, valid, invalid, raise their prices so much. Like, it's, it's outrageous, a lot of places now. As I said, Melanie told me it's 50 bucks for the four of them to go to McDonald's, and you're claiming it, it would be even more now. Huh? I thought it was more. I'd read somewhere it was more. Um, before we get to uh, more of this uh, tale, Dan and Frederick, um, here's a reason that one of the, I mean, we all think that these restaurants are making a ton of money. 51% of restaurant owners in Canada... That are that's the number that are operating at at a loss or just breaking even. Yeah, according to this uh, story, inflated food prices and higher wages wages have hampered owners' bottom line. Fifty one percent of all the restaurants, including Popeyes and McDonald's, etc., are just breaking even or uh, operating at a loss. Wow, I didn't realize. Was that, how does that compare to before COVID? I don't have pre uh, Dan. Uh, I just had that at the ready. I do not have pre-COVID numbers. And, you know, you have to be mature and you have to look at it as an adult. You know, every frozen burger they fry for you, every bun they bring into that place, the cost for them has gone up. You know, gas, all transportation costs, you know, taxes, it's all gone up. So the pressure 
Well, the pressure just keeps piling up on the little guy, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Again, you know, from time to time we talk about this. I, I don't know where it's all going. I mean, fast food, what do you, what do families do? Stop going, and then what happens to the fast food outlets? What happens to those jobs? I mean, it's a vicious circle. So you said that we do have to be mature time to time, uh, from time to time. But at the beginning of the show, the reason that Fred and I were laughing <laughs> is because Dan was telling us the story of going to Popeye's. And then there was a little pause. And then, Fred, what did you ask Dan? Uh, do you really think that's appropriate at this point? Isn't that more a spontaneous thing <laughs> okay, than well, a revisit? I don't mind revisiting it. <laughs> Because uh, it was the weird thing was is exactly what I was thinking because you, <laughs> you, I, I, <laughs> when you're really really hungry, really really hungry, you chew up your food and feed it to your pecker hole like a mother bird, like a mother bird, and then there's laughing. And then, I, and again, I don't even know if that's funny to the three of us and where we're that's, oh, where no. we come the, from and what we've done is funny. I no. don't know if it's funny to anybody else. Hang on, it's only it's not funny to the three of us. Dan doesn't find it funny at all. <laughs> and uh, I mean, let's be clear on that. Dan is way more mature than we are by a ton. So yes, you just uh, see him in the car doing that though. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That's right. It's the quickest like, way to get food to that thing. Because you got to feed it. You can't just leave it there because it's weird. Oh, like, no. He st- no. When Dan starts to eat, it starts coming out of his pants like, Mama, Mama, <laughs> <laughs> Mama. <laughs> and then it opens its wiener hole and make, yeah, demands uh, to be fed. Yeah. <laughs> All but right. again, it can't. All right. Shoot. It has no teeth. No, no. That's why Dan has to chew the food oh, for yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dan's so you like that, Dan? Dan's wondering yeah, when this is going to be over. You like uh, that story, Dan? That's fantastic, yeah. I'd also, uh, uh, this, uh, I, I maybe converted uh, somebody to a listener, but I'm not sure anymore. Um, his name is CJ, so I'd like to welcome CJ to the oh, podcast. Oh, come on. you did, you got to start. You can't just spring CJ on us, and then we well, go into a Dan Duran <laughs> wiener hole story. you got to give yeah. us some warning. Yeah. Because if you told us we were going to have guests, we would not have launched into that immature Dandoran tyrant. Oh, no. mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this, normally okay. we're just like this, CJ. So No, uh, no, no. This is an no, exception. Okay. All right. This is uh, an exceptional where, start to the show. Where, where does CJ, where, uh, where do we find CJ? Where did he come from? Uh, you know what? I, I, the uh, Peterborough Theater Guild, which oh. I, uh, I am a volunteer at as the uh, vice president of operations. We installed new uh, lobby carpet yesterday, mm. oh. and uh, he was the uh, very energetic, and uh, he's a, a great guy. Uh, he was the lead installer. He's had a team going on there, and he just asked some questions and wanted to know about the podcast. Mm. Well, so welcome he, uh, to the show. <laughs> he texted me. He said, what's the podcast? What's the name of the podcast? The younger guy, you know, about 30 in his 30s. Well, he's going to oh, okay. listen young. He's going to love. Uh, maybe he doesn't know that you're uh, the king of the jungle when it comes to that. Well, now he does. <laughs> now he does. Yeah. Uh, OK, well, you know what? Let's actually maybe key, uh, maybe CJ won't start listening until after this point. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our mobile, state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Puerto Aventuras, Mexico, from our well-equipped basement facility in Brampton with a new tablecloth, and from a, si- a street-side porch in Stratford. 
and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta, along with the returning sponsors, Bodog and Kelsey's. And now, here are two men who text <laughs> selfies to each other first thing every morning just to prove that they're still alive and there's still going to be a show. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Actually, what I did text Fred this morning, and I should have sent you, is a picture of uh, my view first thing oh. before the sun came up. It was uh, quite something. Another friend of the show, Jeff Lumby, returns making his monthly appearance. Yeah, yesterday, incorrectly, we said that Sean Menard, the producer of the Much Music documentary, would be on the show, but... We had the days wrong. He'll be on the 15th, which is next Wednesday. So that's a programming alert. Yeah, it was my fault. I was looking ahead to the wrong week. Oh, it's my fault. It's not, I take I take responsibility. Um, you know, Dan, today my, uh, my doctor told me that I was colorblind. <laughs> Man, that really came out of the purple. Is that a, is that a good joke? <laughs> How about this one? <laughs> what do you got? What do you say about somebody who eats a lot of Red Delicious, Macintosh, and Granny Smith? What do you say about somebody who doesn't? They have a healthy appetite. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you think of this one, Dan? Um, I went to the doctor, and he said, Howard, you got to stop masturbating. I said, why? He said, because I'm trying to examine you. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. That's my closer, Dan. Okay. <clears throat> Can't wait to see the act. It's uh, obviously see, CJ. A bit. CJ, he's going to think that this is all we do and, uh, and be disgusted by it. CJ, we don't normally start a program with this uneven. That, re- that reminds me of that classic joke. I went to the doctor and he said, I'll need a stool sample, a urine sample, and a sperm sample. <laughs> yeah. So I handed him my underwear. <laughs> I love that joke. That's a great one. Dan, do you, here's another classic. Uh, I, um, I'm an old man, goes to the doctor and says, Doctor, I don't know if my wife has uh, AIDS or Alzheimer's. And the doctor said, well, drive her to the edge of town. If she finds her way back, don't fuck her. Yeah. All right. In the olden days, do you think they actually had a cane, you know, a cane with a hook that pulled the uh, the act off the stage? You know how they see that in the cartoons all the time? No, we don't have one of those. We just uh, have your wiener. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear that, Fred? Yeah, the wiener. Mm-hmm. Dan's like, how can we not get back to the wiener? <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen, we're going to move on. <laughs> Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Okay, well, here we are. Uh, Fred's in uh, Brampton. Dan's in Stratford doing Stratford work. Not on stage, but doing some uh, construction. Uh, For you who are uh, maybe just tuning in, I'm spending uh, the rest of this month. My kids are coming down in a couple weeks. I'm in uh, Puerto Aventuras. Uh, Senora's coming over uh, after school today, and I'm going to make her dinner. Mm-hmm. All what the appliances are you going to make? I'm sorry, two questions at once. Go ahead. Yeah. What are you going to make? Um, 
You know, that's a great... I'm thinking I'm going to do chicken thighs with some rice and and spinach, but she's going to come over around... Uh, she finishes about... Today, she, she finishes at four, and we're going to go for a swim and a walk on the beach and... And then uh, some dinner, and then I'll uh, take her home. Uh, Dan, uh, what was your question? Uh, are all appliances working? Very good question. Because uh, what Dan's referring to is last time I was here, I was responsible and witnessed many of the appliances breaking down. You know what it is, Dan? If I may be serious, I don't know. There we are. <sighs> the, uh, there's so much salt in, and humid salt air that it, it basically... Um, everything sort of uh, has a very short shelf life here. Appliances in particular. It's hard on him. It is. Corrosive. The corrosive very, thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Dan said hard on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. Dan Duran. <laughs> Poor Dan. Come on, keep it clean, Dan. <laughs> okay. Come on, Dan. Uh, yeah, the uh, just all kinds of things like the stove hood. <laughs> stove fan over the the hood you know that thing over the stove yeah uh, had to be replaced um while they were here last week it wasn't my gig but yeah everything's the exhaust, working the exhaust the fan. exhaust fan thank you because of this corrosive nature the the and we're really close like i'm i'm way closer to the ocean than i've ever been in terms of a place i've stayed like you know it's less than 100 yards not it's always like 50 yards <clears throat> Dan, that's, um, of course, the people just listening can't appreciate this. That's an interesting environment you're in. I, are those like little wartime homes behind you? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a little you're, crescent with them at the homes go around it, the corner that way. Yeah. And you're uh, renovating one? Yeah. They, there's, uh, there was an older addition on top of okay. the, uh, the house. They put some dormers in mm-hmm. um, quite a number of years ago. And uh, the second floor is, is under renovation and I've helped uh, the first phase of adding a bathroom up there. The, uh, <clears throat> the owners of the house, uh, Aaron Davis, who's a musician, Mm-hmm. Aaron yeah. Davis. One of their plans is to uh, to rent it out to actors that are performing at, Star- at Stratford. They've already done that, uh, you know, for the season. So they they just want some rooms for uh, for actors to crash here while they they have to live in, in Stratford during the performance season, oh, which is over is. now. Yeah, is it uh, weird being there uh, renovating a wartime home? Because does that remind you of when you came home from wartime? <laughs> yeah. yeah and all these homes uh, started to be built at that time yeah That's right exactly. you were it's weird because you were one of the guys originally building the wartime homes yeah now i'm renovating the now you're renovating yeah, yeah yeah all these years later um so anyways we will you know we're going to get to uh some real stuff I, you know here's the thing i was thinking about this and i'm sure i'm sure we've done it but i have i can't remember the last time we did it but I was thinking of um, the, the fact is the, the people I'm staying with, Ruth and David's place here, when they built them, a lot of them still had home phones. So this, this place I'm in has a home phone. And you can, uh, because of the plan, I guess you can call, uh, f- you know, long distances free back to North America or to Canada, the U.S. And I thought to myself very quickly, I thought, I wonder if I can remember my home phone number. And then I thought, I wonder if Dan and Fred... Dan, do you remember? I'm, I'm talking about um, the one that you had for the most of your childhood. Yep, not a problem. That one phone number is uh, in, locked in my brain. What is that, that number? number? Uh, uh, 
<laughs> you just said it's, it's locked, locked in, in my brain. brain. Hold on. Hold on. It's a four, seven, six, zero, two, four, five. Okay. Four, oh, three, Eric. Yeah. Um, so that was locked in your brain. It just took a second to unlock it. Yeah. Frederick. Yeah. I mean, you that you were probably at that number of similar time to me because I had this phone number from the time that I could understand numbers to when I left Moose Jaw to when my parents finally my dad had this phone number until I was 46 years old, which is when he he passed on. So it's I've had it my whole life. What about you, Freddie? Yeah, and this shows my age because when I first learned my phone number in Scarborough which we had from 1957 to 1978. I used to say PL75937. And that's the way you would give phone numbers back in the day. And there was like Axe Minister, which was 282. And anyway, it was PL75937. And then it became a cool thing to say 7575937. And remember back then, uh, with us, even here in the GTA, it was they weren't 10 number phone numbers right you just dialed f- uh, 7575937 i think it was almost late i think it was early 80s before we adopted the 10 number phone number in the gta you know i i think when i moved here in 1989 i think the 905 was fairly new because i had a 416 area code I lived in the city, but I think right. it was somewhere in the mid to late 80s when, 80s when they started to have to adopt a 905. And I know we've had this conversation because I do always remember that you had some kind of weird prefix on your phone number. Yeah, it was weird because even if you see old time pictures like Scarborough in the 50s or anywhere in Toronto in the, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, you always, that's the way the, the numbers were. And like where it came from, I don't know. Like wh- why, why seven five seven five nine three seven? Why does that turn into Plymouth seven five nine three seven? And I said there was a few of the Axe Minister, and there was a couple more uh, that I can't recall off the top of my head. But it was odd. Dan, when you That's were a little boy, did. did you have to get on the phone and go, Mildred? Can you connect me to Minister <laughs> <laughs> through the switchboard? Through the switchboard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sarah, uh, get me dog Evans. Sarah, Sarah, get me dog. <laughs> get me dog. Help me. My boy's got the consumption. Uh, <laughs> my phone number for the entire time that my, you know, again, until Lou passed away was 306. That's the area code. 692-8966. Do, but so I was going to say, in, but, when I, but when we first started, when I first started, when I was alive, you never said the, you never did, the area code was unnecessary. Would, in Moose Jaw, would, like Saskatchewan, that area, would they use 10-digit numbers now? Do you have to? Yes. In, but, oh, okay. it, but growing up, we didn't. Oh, no, no. I, I figure that much. If we didn't in Toronto, you wouldn't in Moose Jaw. And, you know, I never heard one, but, like, I had a couple of aunts who had party lines. You know? Freddie. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've looked up. We, never did. we Fred, never did. When I moved out of, when I moved out of my parents' home, I spent a, uh, a year... Um, I was in my went through my cowboy phase. Remember that damn when I used to have horses. So I, yeah. I used to go out to a, a, a ranch about twenty miles from Moose Jaw. They had a party line. They were still on one. There were several people on. And growing up in Moose Jaw, there were several people I knew. But my last party line that was like nineteen seventy eight. Yeah, and my uh, in the ranch in southern Alberta, I remember the party line there. They had they had one down there for the longest time. I don't know when they even got rid of it, but it was. 
it was interesting because everybody would listen on the, that was on the party line. They'd, you know, just to snoop. Some class, classic moments from the Andy Griffith show is when Barney wants to make a phone call and somebody's somebody's on the party line conversing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he gets annoyed. I love that stuff. Hey, speaking of old television, did you uh, make any uh, attempt to look up the being Mary Tyler Moore and try and find it? Uh, no, not yet. All right, I'll keep reminding you. I'll keep reminding you. Um, my son, my son, my son, it keeps recommending The Wire to us, and I know Mike Boone likes it. Yeah, loves Mike it. loves it. We took another run at it last night. A lot of dialogue, not a lot of action, and they, they speak quickly. Is that an age thing or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I so wish I could get pulled in, but I can't. And then I watched something like uh, the other day uh, on Darren's recommendation, or maybe your recommendation, The Old Man with Jeff Bridges, which I really like Jeff Bridges, and it's action-packed. You know, the first episode is like a lot of action. And I mean, I'm sorry, what kind of, is, is it a TV series? Yeah, it's called The Old Man, and he had a job, and you know, some undercover job from years before, and did something, and they're after him, and they're trying to kill him. So. Well, I've got to yeah. recommend I, Nancy. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I get Nancy's name correct. It's a Nancy McLeod Elder mm-hmm. who has written us an email in Humble and Fred email form. So I do. Hi guys. I'm sorry. I have to hi give guys. her this because she's put in hi guys to her email. Uh, she's the one who wanted me to ask uh, Bill about this series called Jury Duty. She says, thanks for asking Bill about the series. It airs on Prime. I'm pretty sure you fellas would get a kick out of it. And then she supplies the link. Well, Nancy, I watched the first five episodes of this thing last night. I got to tell you, boys, it's pretty good. It's a very it's a very quirky concept. So what they've presented is as it's like they're doing a reality show Mm. about the goings on of a jury and everybody in the series the judge, the bailiff, the other jurors, they're all actors except for one guy. He thinks it's real and it's fucking hilarious. All the things, Freddie, here's why you would like it. Dan, I think you'd enjoy it too, but you in particular, here's why. Because they, <laughs> as the, I'm, I got to five episodes last night because as the series goes on, things just get more and more fucked up with what they try and prank this guy. Like he's such a really good guy and he, he's, it, it seems so real that he's just going along with stuff. And the only people, like all of us watching in the audience and all the actors, it, they, it seems like just a regular reality show. It, was, it would be as though, kind of like Big Brother, if everyone in the house was pretending and only one guy was the contestant. It's, it's pre- I mean, I'm not doing it justice, but I think you'd really like it because it gets. Well, is it, is it a comedy? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Here's why. Because some of the shit that these people do to get out of jury duty, the things they, oh. they, they cause, and, and the whole thing is being filmed as though it's a reality show about the goings on of a jury, except everybody's fake. And, uh, except for the one guy who is, who thinks he's there to be on this reality show while he's doing jury duty. Isn't isn't uh, a really attractive uh, actor uh, 
James Marsden? Isn't he in that? So James Marsden plays himself, but he just keeps doing more and more fucked up stuff. <laughs> this guy is it's like, honestly, I got, it's really good. Like the first episode, you're kind of like, it takes you a bit to kind of get into it. It's on Prime, but give it a couple episodes, Dan, if you have a chance. And Freddie, it's just, everybody is just gets weirder and weirder. And the guy just kind of goes along with it. Yeah, I will. Sounds interesting. Well, I'm going to say, you know, of all the, you know, of all the reality show formats there are, you think, okay, what else can they do? Mm -hmm. You know, how do they do? They can only do so many challenges and they can only do so many, you know, um, situations. Mm -hmm. But this one's pretty unique. I mean, I don't know how many seasons they can get out of it because at some point people will know. But. This guy didn't know, and I and I didn't want to skip ahead and Google it and see how it ended up. But yeah, he's uh, he goes along with all these things, and they keep asking him to do. At one point, Dan James Marsden is trying to get him to help him audition. <laughs> it's, it's just, oh really? Oh fuck! It's just <laughs> hilarious, great. dude. Uh, I'd like to catch up on. Oh that. yeah. Hey, when you when you were talking to Bill yesterday, now uh, Bill Brio, just now. around that time, I got an email. Uh, notifying me of uh, a price increase on my uh, my Apple Plus, which I think I'll now have to. It's like it went from eight ninety nine a month. My Apple Plus uh, streaming mm-hmm. platform. Yeah, yeah we got it. Went from eight ninety nine to twelve ninety nine. Come on, December seven. A fifty yeah. percent increase? No, that's no. Uh, nine dollars to twelve dollars. It's a thirty percent increase. No, nine dollars to thirteen dollars. To forty percent increase. Well, how does eight to twelve not be fifty percent? It's four dollars of eight. Oh, eight fifty percent. Yeah, I thought it was hundred percent. Yeah, nine nine to fifty percent. Nine to thirteen. Nine to thirteen. Okay. So yeah, fifty percent. Okay, somewhere in there. Thirty-eight uh, percent. And you were talking about Bill Brio said he was in. Um, you know, he talked about actually uh, being on a jury. Uh, years ago, I can't remember how many years ago, maybe 20 years ago, I got the thing in the mail calling me to a jury duty and I just ignored it and it went away. Like I, I thought, oh, I don't want to deal with this. I just ignored it. And I thought, I don't know if you're supposed to, you get in trouble for this. I did. And I never heard another thing about it. Well, as, uh, most people can relate to that in that the best problems in the world are the ones if you ignore, they go away. (laughs) Those are the best. But but aren't you like legally bound or something because i thought if this is that serious they'll you know they'll give me a follow-up and i'll say i didn't see it or whatever mm-hmm. I'll make some excuse but uh i yeah. think you you slipped through the bureaucratic crack there because, oh for yeah, sure that that is it's a legal uh you know it's an obligation as a citizen <laughs> dan said crack <laughs> <laughs> okay scruff <laughs> uh i don't know i i mean i i think you're supposed to uh acknowledge those things but what yeah, do we I, know? I, 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 I get, at the time, I didn't give it a lot of thought. I thought, I'm going to ignore this, and if they come back on me, I'll say, I'm sorry, I didn't see it. Okay, yeah, where do I go? What do I have to do? Never happened. Mm. But I like the fact that you still have your excuse at the ready, should mm-hmm. they ever come back again. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Jeff Lumby coming up in a bit, and we wanted, before Dan leaves, I wanted to, do you, do you, have, a, do you have like a little short thing? Because I got a couple of little short ones I've been saving for you, too. Short what? Little topics, little uh, little things oh, yeah, I can yeah, throw at you. Here, yeah. Well, throw me at, throw me one. Um, well, I was I, I saw this story yesterday that in Canada the Scotiabank Arena was voted the best food. <laughs> 
at a sporting event. And again, I haven't been there a lot, and I don't know what exactly what the food is and what the options are. But I'm thinking, how bad is the food at the, uh, across the rest <laughs> of the country? If Scotiabank Arena is the best, because whenever I was Air Canada Center, whenever I went there, you know, they had this food and they tried to present it like sort of gourmet sandwiches and stuff. But if you ever ordered it, it was like, you know, it's just again, they give it to you in the silver wrapper and you eat it and it's it's filling, but not worth nearly the money. No, of course not. That it uh, that it was worth and uh, or uh, that it cost. So, yeah, I was, I, I just, that's the first thing I thought of. It's like, wow. So if that is the best, what is the worst in the country? Now, they didn't give you what the worst was. But you're talking but about sec- stadium food or, or stadium a, food, a, a, arena yeah. food. Yeah. Arena food. Yeah. And then in second place was the Rogers Center. Like, and I know for a fact, like, you know, I, I got a foot long. I took Johnny Slapshot there in the summer. We got a foot long, and you know, and it wasn't warm enough. It it was it was all right. It was thirteen bucks of all right. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like if this is the best, what is the worst? And I guess you have to have a certain attitude when you go into a stadium or arena food. What you're going to get, and it's going to be overpriced. But I mean, my experience, I don't know if I've ever been in a situation like that and come away and thought oh that was that was delicious yeah. that was delicious you know, and I, I i haven't bought a lot i mean i mean usually by the time i've gone to like i've been to the the jays a couple times by the time we get there i'm not eating i'm not eating any more food other than you know uh, the drink but i even the times i've been to those places and we've been lucky enough a few times to be invited into private boxes i never even found that food that great no it's just sort of there and yeah, it's, you know, even last time I was there, I forget with who got, maybe it was Darren got a bag of popcorn. You know, when you get a bag of popcorn at the theater, it's like good. Mm-hmm. It just, that's one thing I will say about a theater. But even you get a bag of popcorn there at Rogers Center or even at BMO Field there a couple of months ago. It's just for 10, you get this, number one, they give you too much to justify the $10. $10 for a bag of popcorn, and it's huge. I mean, obviously, you have to share it with your family. But again, it's just, it's like, there's nothing good about it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing tasty or nothing like... Theater popcorn is usually made the same day or, you know, uh, within hours of you getting it. Maybe those places, uh, they put it in plastic bags way before, you know, weeks before. I, I would think. I would think. I don't uh, think they put it in plastic bags weeks before. That seems a bit much of it. But I mean, well, generally, those places anyway, have the thing. Loses that, sure, it does. In that presentation. Um, yes. And speaking of food, uh, most people think of ketchup as a one flavor. Ketchup's a ketchup. It tastes like tomato paste. Mm-hmm. Well, Heinz is rolling out a uh, something called pickle ketchup. Oh. And it combines. Um, both of these barbecue staples, ketchup and pickles, into one squeeze bottle. The company's research, <laughs> this is why, this is the part I love. The company's research found that 73% of Americans like the taste of pickles and that consumers are hungry for an, an innovative new product. But when I heard, heard it was being developed in America, it's because they're too fucking lazy to go get the, to put the pickles. <laughs> they're too lazy like, to put seriously? the pickles and the ketchup. It's too many steps for America now. And they need to combine these two steps, ketchup and pickle, into one uh, step. Anyway. Isn't that something? So, yes. You guys like HP sauce? No. 
Uh, not yeah, thing. not really. I do. They have this HP sauce bold. And the other day, I just had some with some eggs, and I just kept looking at it. It was thinking, what a wonderful thing this is, because it's it is to me. If anything is just a little bit flat, get out the HP bold, and mm. it just comes to life. What was that HP you liked for a long time back in the old days? The curry flavor. HP? No, was it HP curry or? It was HP curry. Yeah, yeah. but you couldn't. I can't get it anywhere anymore. They've discontinued it because uh, it was in a lot of English shops. But sure, it's just. I whenever I there's one in Georgetown and whatever I look, but I even online I I don't tend to have, put they have HP fruit and HP this and yeah, that. But I don't tend to reach for that. Maybe I, I shouldn't say I don't like it. I just don't never. It's not a. It's not something I'm in the habit of doing. Although the other day I made what did I make last? Just I just made some avocado when I came home. Just a bowl of avocado and, and not really guacamole. And I threw a little of what I thought was because I I didn't look at the ba- label, but it was a little bit of. Um, What's the hot sauce? Uh, Tabasco? No. Oh, sriracha? N- no, it's like in... Uh, Sriracha or whatever? It, fuck, I can't believe I lost hot the sauce. word. You know, like a Mexican... Um, anyway, it was too hot for me. Oh, salsa. A little bit of salsa. Oh, salsa. Oh, okay. Right. A little bit of salsa. And I read, I looked at the label after. I'm like, oh, that's, that, mu- that word must mean super hot because it was too hot for me. Can I give you... Do you say sriracha or sriracha? Sriracha. Okay, sriracha. Here's a little tip. You know I love my Renee's blue cheese. Yes. Okay. So three quarters Renee's blue cheese, one quarter sriracha sauce. Mix it together. So you get this spicy blue cheese dip. Oh, she's nice. She's nice. Um, I like sriracha, by the way. If you're looking for a French fry dip, sriracha and mayonnaise is very nice. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, Howard. Mm-hmm. Funny you should mention that. I was just thinking about it. I'm not a big fan of mayonnaise, but my son likes uh, trying different and new things. And when he was uh, visiting last, he went out and got, he brought some. It was made by Heinz. It's wasabioli. Mm. So it's aioli and wasabi mixed together in a sort of mayonnaise. I would eat that. Ooh. I would try that for sure. I would yeah. try that. Yeah. Um, there, when it comes to that, too, like. There's Miracle Whip that they pass off as mayonnaise, and then there's Hellman's mayonnaise. Like, there's no comparison. The Hellman's mayonnaise is just, it's got body, it's delicious, it's got flavor. This Miracle Whip shit, I don't know exactly how they it's pass that It's no, not mayonnaise. No, I know. Yeah. But people think it. They use it as mayonnaise. It's yeah. not. Reach for Hellman's, okay? Okay. Reach for Hellman's. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, well, uh, last thing about food. I've been saving this. You know, I, I'm, I just mentioned this salsa that I put on my avocado last night. It was too hot. And because uh, there's a point where it's, it stops being tasty to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm a wimp. I don't really like, I can admit it. I don't really like super burning your mouth hot food. I used to when I was younger, but I've lost that. Uh, yeah. I've lost that desire. I'm like you. I like it hot, but not over the not when you lose the taste of the food. Well, a new hot Dan. What about you? Are you able to handle some heat? Oh yeah, I like heat, but like I'm like Fred. I used to really like hot hot stuff, but right. it overtakes the flavor of everything else in the in the. Mm-hmm. In the well, that's the, what I was basically saying. I get to a point where if I can't taste the food that I'm like even like I don't mind a little bit of heat, but anyway, the reason I mention it is a new hottest pepper ever. Was uh, just developed from the pepper breeder. His name is Ed Curry from Pepper X, which rocks a heat rating 
of 2.69 million Scoville units. This is how they uh, this is how they rate something as heat. Now, to give you some perspective, two point two point. So just keep that number: two point six nine million Scoville units. This is the new one, the hottest pepper ever mm-hmm. developed. The Carolina Reaper, which he also developed, clocked in at one point six four million units. To give you some perspective, a can of bear spray is advertised at two point two million Scoville units. So this this imagine you would you put this stuff on your hot wings. Not pepper spray or bear spray, but it's hotter than what you would spray a bear to try and dissuade them from eating you. Jesus. <laughs> now, wow. what's the point? Exactly. What is the point? Well, I got to the point where if stuff was too hot, like hot wings or whatever, I just get the hiccups. Yeah, for, for whatever sure. reason. That's a reaction I get. So, Delise fried up some cabbage the other night and added some chili flakes, and it was pretty hot, but it was just. Right on the edge. The flavor of the cabbage was there and the spice. Come to think of it, it was quite nice. All right. There was, well, a, nice. There was a taco chip that they marketed. I don't know if it's still out there or not. That's just one chip in a yeah. in a bag. They took them off the market. Oh, did they? Yeah. Because they're too hot? Yeah. People were literally getting injured. I forget what they called What, what do you mean? Just one chip? we talked so about it. Yeah. One, one chip in the whole bag was super hot? Mm-hmm. No, no. The bag had one chip in it. Oh. Yeah. And it was like a little challenge thing, Howard. And uh, yeah, they t- I'm pretty sure I, I read they took it off the market. Really? There's a, re- a reaction to it. Which leads to another story quickly. And again, it's a fast food story. It's uh, Winnipeg, which makes it Canadian. A woman in um, Winnipeg is suing Tim Hortons because she ordered a coffee in June. No, a tea, rather. In June. And she clicked the thing because she was using her app for the order, and she clicked the almond milk. And instead, they put regular cream in her Mm. tea for whatever reason. And she took a couple of sips and claims now um, pain and suffering, uh, mental distress, lost uh, past and future income. Like, seriously, if you... How much money is she suing them for? It didn't give a number, but you can bet it's hundreds of thousands. But if you... You you drink almond milk, right? Yeah, I do. Put it on my cereal. Yeah. Darren once gave me a cup of coffee with almond milk in it, and I didn't like it. It's just not my thing. But the point is, I knew immediately that that wasn't cream. Mm -hmm. So this... Like, how much of this did she drink before she realized it was, like, <laughs> or would one little sip and, of cream and really, and cause how much, all this distress I was going to say, life? how much suffering, even if she drank the whole thing, how much suffering is a cup of coffee? One sip, you know the difference between cream and almond milk. Sorry. Sure. That would be my defense for Tim Hortons. One sip. So if one sip caused all this, then she's got some major issues. But, you know, from time to time, this pops up. People try. They try and go. Well, the, 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 the famous one was a the story of the woman whose whose coffee was too hot at McDonald's, which was, by the way, really an interesting documentary. If you ever get a chance mm-hmm. to see it, because it did, it did cause pain and suffering. And she was mocked by us as well. But but there, there turned out to be a real injury there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had third degree burns, or third something degree burns. And, and it was just one of those things that the documentary is pretty fascinating. But this particular case, I'll tell you why I just don't I don't drink milk, period. And, and I don't put milk in my coffee. 
But I could tell you right now, I would be able to, to in less than a sip, know if it was if it were milk or cream because it's it's, it's a different mm-hmm. texture, of course. Well, especially almond milk. Yeah, almond milk exactly. Yeah. It's very it's very you thin have, almond milk, and it's have, got a distinct flavor to it. Do you have Do you have uh, milk issues, Howard? Uh, no, I just don't drink it. I just don't. Uh, you know, I just you know, I don't have. I mean, I could drink it if it was the only thing I would drink it. I'm not militant about it. Just you know, years ago, I was trying to get a lot of the cheeses and milks out of my diet. Oh, so you don't yes. eat cheese either? I, I eat cheese occasionally. Hmm. When I was a kid, I used to love a, like a glass of milk with dinner or with some chocolate cake or something. I don't know the last time I drank a glass of milk. The thought of it just turns my stomach now. But uh, listen, I ordered a glass of milk at uh, a golf thing a couple months ago when they had all these big cookies. And I said to the waitress, I said, could you get me some milk? Yeah, it's, it's not like I'm a, a milk militant, Dan. I'm every, listen, everyone's constitution isn't as, as wondrous right. as yours, you know? So did you dunk the, kick, the cookie in the... I did. <laughs> I did. I dunked the shit out of that cookie. Took it, took it back to grade, uh, oh, grade yeah, man. four. <laughs> I, I could never drink it all my life anything beyond 2%. Like homogenous milk which apparently is three percent it used to make my stomach gurgle so there you go couldn't Um, handle it well there's been that's a nice little section that didn't have anything to do with uh you know world politics or trump it was just uh you know kind of a little dopey radio and you know no one got hurt and uh Dan, will you come back and right. do some news for us later? Sure. There's lots of news out there. I'll uh, gather some. I'll go fantastic right now. And uh, we'll get set for Jeff Lumby making his uh, regular appearance. Uh, first, we'll take a second here and talk about some fine people that are supporting this podcast. Howard, not, just quickly, before we move on, you talked about world things going on. Well, last night they had some elections in the United States. And, you know, they've recently been talking about Joe Biden. He's horrible in the polls behind uh, Donald Trump on so many categories and levels. This is exactly where Obama sat, okay? A year out from the election, the second election that he won. Yes. Plus, plus there was elections in the United States last night. They all fell the Democrats' way again. Especially the abortion issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, that's what people people do. They panic Mm -hmm. for the incumbent because the incumbent is always trailing around this time. Anyway, let's talk about these fine people. Uh, The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, this can be done for your people. Go to chamberplan.ca today, get a free uh, quote. Oh, yeah, it's all there. You'll know by the end of today what it would cost you to be part of this, and you'll be pleasantly surprised and fascinated by what's offered for the price. Prescriptions and dental and therapies, travel insurance that uh, we've talked about very much on this show and how it's worked to our benefit, Howard's benefit in particular. Yeah, there's therapies, there's a HR component. Mental health now, they've uh, got an app that can help you in real time if you're struggling mentally, which so many people are nowadays. It's all there. It's, uh, you know, spend some time with it, see what's available, see what it will cost, and do this for your employees. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. A lot of emails have come in the last uh, week because we were off last week and this week. Lots of uh, people weighing in on some of the topics. Tomorrow is the email Thursday day brought to you by Palma Pasta. 
And uh, we're going to give away another $100 gift card from Palma Pasta this month. So go ahead and get your entry in. Your entry is your email. 38 years of delivering quality Italian food from fresh pasta to sauces and prepared take-home entrees. Just heat and eat. And by the way, this is, you want to talk about quality food. This isn't like the food we were talking about a minute ago. This stuff will blow you away. The lasagnas, the pastas, amazing. Four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga, and of course their signature store where you can do some shopping on your own. Palma's Kitchen. Order online anywhere in the GTA. Catering services are available. Palmapasta.com. Yes, it's a Todd Rundgren <laughs> medley today. <sighs> making his uh, regular appearance, making his monthly appearance. Here is uh, our good friend, my dear friend, a dear friend to one and all. <laughs> he is. He's the uh, host of Jeff and Julie Move to France in a Global Pandemic and uh, someone I look up to. You know, I mean, I look to. I look toward him. <laughs> He's uh, Jeff Lumpy. Look at him. Look at you. I see I see you're getting me out of the way early in the month this time, huh? Uh, I don't know how that happened. I didn't. I don't do yeah, scheduling. No, no, no. It's just, it's just your, your travel uh, your travel plans put a... Did they? Or did you crimp in things? Your scheduling got uh, mixed up. Well, you know. No, 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 it didn't get mixed up. It just got switched. It's not a problem. How's uh, how are you doing in there in Mexico? Mexico's great. It's uh, fantastic weather, and uh, it's great. I uh, visited with my brother for a week, and he's just uh, left two days ago. I guess he's in Australia now. And uh, Senor and I are hanging out, and I'm playing a little bit of golf and doing the show down here, which is a real. Uh, we're really lucky to do that, and uh, it's all good. Sounds great. I talked about you the other day at uh, dinner. We were with some people, and they were, you know, talking about people who retire in different places. And I said, "Oh, well, I have always, I have a friend that retired in France, for God's sake." And everyone was like, "Oh, that must be so great." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, it has a few issues." <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you think? Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it, it it certainly does and continues to. But uh, hey, that's all right. Uh, uh, so I was going to ask you that, Jeff. On a scale of one to ten, where are you now and settled? Like when you get up in the morning, this is my home. This is where I live. Well, it's sort of a almost a two part question because <laughs> whether we like it or not, it is our home, and I don't think changing it would 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 much benefit our bank account or or anything else at this point. So. Uh, from that point of view, we're we're sort of uh, I don't want to use the word trapped, but we don't really have a lot of <laughs> options. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't use the word but, trapped. Uh, I don't want to say I'm trapped, but yeah, but, I'm being uh, held hostage you know, by the French government. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, like I I really do truly love it here. However, we just continue to just get inundated by. Uh, just just stuff that is sort of preventing us from enjoying what we thought we would be in for here. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just every day we're dealing with this solar panel issue. Every day we've got, you know, we're, Julie has to now, this is the time of year where we have to renew our, uh, our residency status every year. And it's just... It just seems to be on and on and on. So, you know, to answer your question, it it, it really has never felt like we're settled, like you're mm-hmm. settled. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're still three years here and we're still not feeling that 
Uh, and, 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 and in large part, and it's not the French people, but the French government is not welcoming. Mm. They just are not welcoming, and everything seems to be difficult here. So, uh, so you didn't think bureaucracy was going to be part of the equation when you? No, 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 this? no, no, no. I didn't think it would be as much right. a, oh, okay. yeah. part uh, of the equation. <laughs> I ran into someone the, as well the other day, Jeff and Fred, who was telling me about a company it's called International Living, and what they do is they do seminars all over the world. In this case, it was a lot of South American countries where you go there as part of this. Um, can, not a convention, but a, a conference, I guess, where you get to meet people who have lived in that region, like mm-hmm. the speakers come in and people that are, are already living, let's say, in Costa Rica or the Dominican or here. And and I wonder if there there's probably something like that for European uh, people that want to set or, or t- retire in Europe. But as you just said, you knew there was going to be you had your eyes open. There was going to be some bureaucracy, but not to this well, level. They, they do have that sort of thing for France, but it's a real quick seminar. It's basically don't do it, and then everyone leaves. <laughs> that's right. That's um, right. Yeah. Hello, um, my name is don't do this. Go home. Yeah. Go home and enjoy the, uh, the, the free coffee at the back of the room. Um, no, it's – yeah, it, I'm sure there is something similar. But again, uh, for someone from, um, let's say, England or uh, Holland, uh, anybody a part of the EU or close to it, much easier you know even just bringing cars and things into this country everything's much easier you have transferable currency you have all kinds of things that are uh within the eu that makes this thing but coming from canada or the united states it's just a whole new ball game and uh, yeah let me ask you this you've been there three years can you vote there would you vote there do you understand enough to vote there no uh, well, no, no. Like we're always going to be Canadians. That's the, we're never going to be. So to vote, you'd, you'd need to be a citizen, and we oh, have okay. no, we have no intentions of becoming French citizens. So we can still vote in Canada, though. And will uh, you? Absolutely. Okay. Oh, this this upcoming federal election, mm-hmm. freaking count on it. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I get you. I know where you're coming from, and I'm going there too. Anyway. Yeah, uh, but uh, in terms of, I mean, we follow the politics here. Uh, we have to with this solar issue. And I mean, that's something that we're fighting, uh, you know, every government that there is regarding this is just so plainly ridiculous. Yeah, I don't you know, think we've ever actually, I, I don't know that this, you've mentioned that on this uh, show with us. Maybe before. not, maybe I, not. I, I, do, I mean, have, you mentioned, it, have you mentioned it on your podcast? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. But I mean, essentially, they're plunking. Uh, thanks to the Macron government, and he's got this uh, this manifesto about uh, appropriating, not appropriating, but he's encouraging farmers to give up their farmland for solar fields, which to me is like, you know, you're solving one problem and creating a worse problem. I mean, mm-hmm. solar fields for food is not a good trade-off in the long run. It's a slippery slope. But then, you know, you bring in all kinds of other issues like the... Uh, paysanage, the the countryside here, and uh, that's that's the thing that that we'll, we'll be fighting because it will the the field that we're looking at, uh, which will uh, we're fighting it now. It's not going in yet. It hasn't been a hundred percent approved. But if it does go in, it will dramatically and drastically affect the valuation of our property and those around us. So there's that. Um, you know, there's the fact that you've got solar panels sitting in in beautiful irrigable fertile farmland. 
that will in 20, 30 years be off to the dump. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be thousands and thousands and thousands of acres of solar panels. And, you know, uh, Jeff, you know, even north of where you used to live there in Acton, up Grand Valley Way, there's a couple of, so um, you know, windmill farms, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, Delise and I have gone up there to look at a couple of homes. The minute I turn a corner and see the, 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 the windmill, I'm sorry, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not buying. I'm not buying in this area. Yep. I don't want a, a nice place and look out the back window and see one of those. Uh, and those uh, I'm sorry, but, you know, I'm, I, I guess I should care more about the environment or whatever. But no, it's not happening. Well, but there are just as many cons to this type of alternate energy as there are pros. And in the case of the solar uh, fields, you know, there are plenty of perfectly good. Like one of the initiatives they have here, which I find is absolutely brilliant, is any sort of a grocery store area that wants to put a uh, 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 an area like a rooftop area for mm-hmm. you to park in. Those now must be solar panels. Well, now that's that's Makes smart. Sense. Sure. You already have an eyesore of a parking lot. And instead of, you know, now you're putting solar panels on a rooftop, not in the middle of a gorgeous valley. And what Fred just said is goes to, you know, how it affects people who are already there is property value. Because when you take a ride north of uh, where you live, Freddie, and you're looking at mm-hmm. potential places to buy, those people who own a place you might want to live in are yeah. now their value. Is, they've been devalued by. And again, environmental impact aside, people have to live around them. I've been to that place where jeff lives and you know we took a walk and i sort of have a sense of where those panels would be and maybe it's not in your direct eye line but it's going to affect oh, it is it, it well it in one yeah i'm just gonna say but i mean it, it's not like um it's not going to affect anyone's who's potentially going to come around that corner and think oh i'd love to live here wait a second that's part of my view it, it will totally affect it and i mean uh, you know, we've already lawyered up here, which is not kind of what we, uh, you know, moved here for, because mm-hmm. we're going to need to tell the person that you can't benefit from someone else's devaluation at your expense. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just that that's a law. And uh, so we're going to have to, you know, uh, but but we'd we'd really like to be more preemptive about this than than, you know, collecting damages after the fact. So, yeah. you know, that's that's what we're fighting here. And, you know, we're trying to figure out the timing of. Uh, you know the letter, the lawyer's letter, and just all this stuff, man. It's just it's, well, that goes back to that goes back to Fred's first question. So, on a scale of one to ten, how comfortable yeah. it? How how settled in are you? But well, you know, on that point, to what I find very aggravating and amusing at the same time is it's the not in my backyard uh, syndrome where everybody thinks that stuff's a great idea until it's in their backyard. Yeah, and then it's uh, like all of it. You know, like, and then all of a sudden, they, they you change on a dime. Oh, we should have this alternative energy. Oh, yeah, but wait a minute. In my backyard? No, I don't think so. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, the yeah. whole the whole NIMBY thing is 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 very interesting. But I mean, I I mean, I would. I I don't need it to be in my backyard for me to be driving by a, a perfectly fertile, mm-hmm. irrigable field of potential food and see these stupid panels up. And go well. Wait, that's like remember when they when they both biofuels, you know. So you're making biofuels, and now you're taking 
you know, out of corn or whatever, and you're taking food off people's tables. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's, t- like, it's like it's like the low flow toilet. Well, okay, great, but now you got to flush three times. Like it, things aren't thought out. They're yeah, not and and, the, and to be clear, the guy putting the guy putting it into the the field near your house, he, he's not doing it for environmental reasons. He's oh, doing no, it. No. He's, 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 uh, and, and this is why it's kind of sorry. This is why it's kind of a slippery slope because if farmers. Uh, who are thinking about retirement can make money off their field by sitting on their on their duffs. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a huge slippery slope, and it's going to mm-hmm. turn every country who's decided to go this sort of ramshackle about it into a. It's going to be a real dilemma. Well, one solution I see is laying right there on the table for us right now is you go to them and you cut them a deal. You say, "Don't put in the solar panels, and I will farm the land for you." So. Well, yeah, but the, the problem, <laughs> yeah, Jeff's going to get into the farm business. The second you do, you second you you do something like that or buy it for that reason, then the next field pops up, and you got yeah. to do the oh, okay. same thing. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, to change the subject, we have a. Uh, an, I just looked at Facebook to see that the feed was still up, and there's a uh, an, an, a messenger who's a regular emailer, big supporter of our show, says, uh, "Good morning, Jeff." Is Dave Little? He says, "What is the square thing behind your drum kit?" Because he's watching you. Oh no, that's just a that's a sound panel, right? I'm in the studio. I've got all this. I've got all kinds of, uh, you know, d- uh, deadening sound panels in here, and that's that's one of them. Okay, well, there was just a question from one of the audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I have another question about your life in France. Do you have a guy there, or a couple of guys there, where you could say, "I'm going to call." Uh, you know, I'm going to call uh, Francois and see if he wants to go for a beer. Do you have that type of thing there yet? Um, not, not that's, that's a big thing, right? You, do, have, you have a couple of buddies there, when the guy you yeah. speak French with. and Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's just that that's not what... They would. I. It's funny. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do that like we would in Canada. And that is kind of a, something I miss. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it would be. Uh, you know, it'd be like heading over to one place or uh, one guy's place or another for a coffee or something or a beer. But but like going to a bar for a beer, it's just they. They don't. I don't know. Mm. It's funny. It's funny. Maybe a glass of wine. Mm. <laughs> no, again, it's just another yeah. indicate. You know, cultures are yeah. different. And, well, uh, no, but I do yeah. have we do have lots of friends here, though, and it's uh-huh. it, it's just the the socializing is different. That's a better right. way to put it. Right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I've I've been trying to get a hold of you on a Sunday, and you've been out dancing in someone's garden for six hours really? in the middle of the day. And is I'm there like video. I'm, and I'm always like, <laughs> what have you people done to my Jeff Lumby? Uh, I have another. This is like Jeff uh, question and answer. I have questions for you, Jeff. I don't know if you guys saw this story. Um, I just saw it. Uh, I sort of skimmed it the other day because there's so much other stuff going on. But I'm um, Freddie. Have you heard this? That apparently the the Simpsons are eliminating any further reference to Homer strangling Bart. Jeff, have you saw that? Yeah, yeah. It, I, I saw this the other day, and I'm just thinking. Okay, the woke community has lost their mind. Mm-hmm. It, it's just so so. And and here's the here's here's the rationale that I, I was sitting there thinking. Okay, so so. Okay, first of all, this is a show that's been on since the late you know eighties. It's part of the the fabric of the show. It's animated, so it's <laughs> that's not right. Real. These aren't real okay, people. There's, there's, but but here's the thing that gets me in this in this day and age. This selfish. 
uh, miserable generation that thinks that they can just erase comedy and and and, and apply their miserable uh, <laughs> their miserable life to a show like The Simpsons, yeah. while while at the same time their fourteen year old kids or whatever are sitting there murdering thousands yes. of people a day <laughs> in a two thousand dollar gaming chair. That's right. Okay, so. So that's the strangling of Bart, an animated show. That's important, and that's going to change the way we think. But meanwhile, we can go murder and slaughter 8 billion people a day on a gaming show. You know, these are the things that go through my mind. I just But explain me a little I, bit more. Like, is it, in, is it in the context of the show or the opening credits exactly? How are well, they going to... just when, Bart, when Bart's bad, sometimes Homer strangles them. It's just, just part of the shit. It's like, you know, it's like Kenny. They killed Kenny, you know? Right. My kids grew up with The Simpsons. They've seen every episode of The Simpsons. They're not strangling their kids. They're not strangling... <laughs> Wait a minute, they're not. You know, I mean, no. <laughs> they're not strangling they're their not? kids. They're <laughs> not? Oh, hey. that's okay. I mean... And and even get back to when Hank Azaria got on his little on his big preaching box mm-hmm. after making eight billion dollars off the Opu mm-hmm. character, and he said, "Oh, I can no longer, in good conscience, do the Opu care." I mean, you're an actor. Actors portray people. I I don't. Right, again. and again, the reaction to that, the people that were most upset with the elimination of that character were South Asian people. They yeah, couldn't figure yeah. it out. <laughs> right. Hey, I saw this on. Um, the news last night, the American Bird Society, Society announced on Wednesday that all common English language names of bird species named after people will be changed, along with other monikers that have been deemed offensive. In total, approximately 70 to 80 birds, primarily in the U.S. and Canada, will be renamed. Because as it stands, part of their names, they've been named after people who turned out to be slave traders. You know, you know the old story. Or, or like this Blue is how Jays. deep it's getting now. They're going to change the names of birds because <laughs> like they're all And that's a true like story. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jeff. Um, what did you say? I, I just said, you mean like, so you wouldn't want to be like, they have to change Blue Jays because they're, they're losers. Right. No, it was a joke. Yeah, I, was a joke. For, I was cheering for you them know, as much as you were. But here's but, what uh, I would say. The, the, of all the things that are... You know, woke uh, generation, whether it's being overly concerned about, you know, Homer strangling Bart or changing the names of birds. You know, I think what we've seen in the last month in terms of the woke generation is the most surprising is the most surprising. I don't even there's I, I just don't even know that there's a, a bigger word than surprising where a, an entire generation of you know, people that are worried about other people's feelings are now pulling down the pictures of kidnapped Israelis. You now, now that's woke at a at a at a hyper level, one I could never imagine having seen in my lifetime. Where yep. where you can't even mention on the news. I mean, you notice how on the news the the mentioning of the kidnapped Israelis is sort of now not really spoken because we don't want to certainly don't want to offend any Islam people. So no. they're and and to me, that's I mean, again, I, the, the Homer thing is cute and the birds are funny. But this other thing to me is a bit more like what? A little bit more stunning that uh, that's how woke the world has become. And and that seems to be acceptable. It, oh, yeah. Not only is it happening, but it's it's acceptable as as evidenced by the f- pussy footing, the, the eggshell walking of the networks yeah. when it comes to covering this. Well, not only that, I but I, I mean, you know, when hundreds of thousands of people 
uh, are shouting into megaphones on the streets of our cities to boycott, you know, Jewish restaurants and and in some instances talking about, you know, continuing the intifada and killing all the Jews. For some reason, that seems to they seem to be able to get away with it where I didn't think you could do that. But apparently you can. And I'm not just saying that uh, because no, it's it, but it's it, that to me is wokeism that's gone completely uh, to a different level. Yeah, saying for for somebody to get up in at a college and talk about uh, meritocracy, that's hate speech. Yeah, that's what's that's what's considered hate speech now. And and God, you know, for, God forbid you misgender somebody. Yes, yes. And it's yeah, exactly. You know, and it's time really for pushback. And again, I does that sound militant? But seriously, enough. These people got to be called out on this because a lot of what goes on in Canada, you know, it's um, it's calculated reaction whereby if you want something you you just say the word racist or racism and you know that the white guy's just going to recoil recoil because he's afraid of being labeled that way and it's a step forward for you i'm sorry that's the reality of a lot of situations it's time where we got to push back against that stuff because where does it end as my wife said to me yesterday where does this end well, I know where it started, thing, when, we, when we saw this bird story, it was like, where does it end? It all started with participation trophies. I rest my case. <laughs> That's right. I, I thought you were going to say it all started with participation. They weren't such bad people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anyway, it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's manifested itself over time, and then it's exploded the last month where... I'm seeing things. We're all seeing things. You think, well, wait a minute. It's we're, we're going to boycott Jewish restaurants again. And we're going to get yeah. we're going to swarm Jews like there was a, a woman yesterday. So dumb in America who drove into a, something. It said Israelite school, but it, it wasn't it wasn't Jewish. She just drove into the school because she she yeah. because of she, her hatred for Jews. Howard, there's no logic to boycotting the Israeli restaurant. Like, there's no logic to that. It's like, here they are in Toronto. They're trying to make a go of it, have a business just like you, Mr. Palestinian person. But what boycotting their restaurant, what is the point? Like, yeah. what, what is going to be served by that other than just exposing your hatred for Jews? Because that's just what it's all well, about. Yeah, it because it doesn't make those, sense. Those people who own that restaurant in Toronto have nothing to do nothing with the policy with of Israel right now or the policy of Palestine in the other going the other way. I mean, these are just we're just, they're Canadian people. We're Canadians, and mm. and I, I I don't understand how it it goes global from an action that's happening thousands and thousands of miles away. Well, my brother was on uh, two days ago, Uncle David, and uh, he had a pretty good explanation in terms of the historical context of the Jew in history as the villain. And, and, and I, I've been saying this on the show last year when, when Chappelle was on Saturday Night Live and made a couple of cracks about Jews in the industry. And I said, well, you know, if a, a white guy went on Saturday Night Live and did that, those jokes about blacks in the industry, they would have shut NBC down. So that's, I mean, that, to me now, it's just mm-hmm. a given. What I don't understand, though, no, I shouldn't say I don't understand. What I find remarkable is how the reporting has shifted. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and, I, and not only is the reporting, because the reporting informs those people who, who are out in the streets of Canada and, and North America protesting something they don't really understand. Yes. 
Yes. And, and, you know, and and, and complicit in all this is the toothless United Nations, Mm -hmm. which should have been dissolved and eliminated years ago. I've never seen such a useless organization in my lifetime. It's just un- but like what, what they accept and what they ref- – like they wouldn't even take to the floor the Canadian initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which condemning was Hamas, I know. Con- condemning the – well, the original attack from right. Hamas. They wouldn't even take that to vote. Howard, I told you the story the other – I saw, and it was on MSNBC, and the woman was asking the former Israeli prime minister – I forget his name – about uh, Israel's reaction. Is there going to be a ceasefire? Are they going to pull back? And he said to her, he said, look at it this way. You keep asking me these questions. If Mexico was Gaza and the United States was Israel and the Mexicans went into Florida, raped, pillaged, burned, killed people, tortured people, as they did in Gaza, would you be asking me these questions right now about reaction? The the United States would come down so hard on mm-hmm. Mexico, just crush them in a day, and none of those people would be asking those questions because it's them. They can relate to it. It's my home. It's my land. It's my people. Back to the NIMBY. Right. Yeah. And, and, and by mm-hmm. the way, the reason I brought it up is because you want to talk about because what, what this is, the reaction, forget the anti-Semitism for a second, but it's the woke, it's the woke generation, yeah. including some very close to me. It's, a, it's the woke man. It's the woke generation manifested. Can't have Bart being choked. Can't have uh, birds being misnamed. Certainly on. And, and I will tell you, one of the ones that surprised me the most is the reaction on college campuses. But then I thought about yes. it. Why should it surprise me? I mean, it surprises me because, again, God forbid you get misgendered. God forbid you make something a crack about a transgender. But it's OK to go around saying gas the Jews. Mm-hmm. In college, and 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 um, these these kids at some university last week were being literally chased, in, and they were ha- they had to hide in a library. That's okay, but God forbid you say she's a he, and he, and you make a mistake. But Howard, as I said to you yesterday, it's like they start chasing their tail. It's like you know, women's right, women's right, and then the next day they're defending Muslims who won't let women drive. It's like. You know what I mean? It, none of it makes well, sense. Well, we said like, or, or, yeah. or women that have to keep their faces covered, oh. you know, at the command of the male. Or all these uh, women, some young yeah. women that I know, you know, in my house, you know, the whole Me Too generation. But somehow it's okay that these young women in Israel, when they were being taken to Gaza, being raped and tortured. That's okay. Anyway, let's end it on some fun. What, um, there's a, I, I heard this story about uh, the uh, SAG-AFTRA people because they're still on strike. The writer's strike ended. And, and I, it's funny because I heard, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I, apparently actors in Hollywood aren't even allowed to talk about movies or something, or there's no, some... No, no, no. What is yeah. it? Well, that's part of it, but, but they sent out a directive, the, the SAG after people. This is how lost they are. This is how, this is how uh, unions lose their moral compass and their minds. They, they, uh, they sent out a directive to their membership. So talk to the Ryan Reynolds and, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence of the world, all of these stars, this is what you need to do, okay? <laughs> you need to help us out. We've got to end this strike. Whatever you do, don't wear Halloween costumes from struck properties. In other words, you know, you can't wear 
You can't wear it. You can't go out as Wednesday. You can't go out as a, mm-hmm. as, a, as, a, as a, you know, a, and some of the backlash was hilarious. You know, uh, there was there was uh, somebody who used to be the former uh, head of, of SAG. I can't remember her name. Uh, she said, wait a minute. This is your solution <laughs> to our, our strike. You you about nobody cares what we wear at Halloween. You know, that's really funny. And, and it went on and on. And then Ryan Reynolds gave up with the best line. He said, oh, no, no, no. This is good. This is for real. My six year old. She's not in the union, but she needs to know how it works. You know? <laughs> so, well, Jeff, I'm telling you, I listened to David Spade and uh, Dana Carvey's uh, interview with Amy Poehler from Fly on the Wall a little bit last night. And they right. I, they were kind of talking around it. They kept saying, well, we can't mention the movies she was in. And I was like, oh, oh no, they can't. That's true. That's so true. so yeah. that's where this came. What? It's all. Yeah, they're yeah. They don't want their members promoting anything to do with movies. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Graham Norton had uh, Shiv on from Succession the other day, and he said, uh, well, beyond the uh, wonderful work that you did in that show that we can't mention, uh, <laughs> what have you got coming up next? And it's just that's right. ridiculous. All right. Just well, listen, What if, I know what you've got coming up next. Every Friday, Jeff and Julie move to France in a global pandemic, the podcast. New episodes. Uh, well into the uh, mid to high 80s numbers of... Uh, of, uh, of episodes pretty good and uh, what's this Friday's uh, well this Friday we, we uh, we're gonna be talking about our, our most uh, local village Pendagenet because it just got awarded one of the uh, most beautiful villages in France Aww. so uh, we'll be talking a little bit about uh, Pendagenet and uh, and yeah we just got out of this three weeks worth of rain so uh, the pictures the photos on the Facebook page have been hurting to say the least. Well, listen, man, looking forward to it every uh, Friday. And um, you and I will have a little chitty chat this weekend. Yeah. And again, thanks, guys, for hosting our podcast. It's episode 91 coming up this week. Jesus. All right, buddy. Well, well, listen, when it gets to be episode 100, we'll have a company-wide celebration. (laughs) (laughs) All right, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. Cheers. See you later, Jeff. See you, Freddie. Well done. Thank you. If you feel like leaving I'm playing some uh, Todd Rudgren and uh, Daryl Hall Hall and Oates today, Freddie yeah. Because apparently they were in uh, concert Really? Or they're doing a tour together I would love to see that I mean, well, if I Did went you to ever concert. see the live from Daryl's house with Todd Rudgren? It was actually at Todd's place in Hawaii uh, I think I, Yeah, I, I should I think I have But, you know, I, I love going back and watching them so um, before we get to the retirement Sherpa, we should get to uh, this important message. Yes, uh, Bodog, uh, tonight the Toronto Maple Leafs host the Ottawa Senators, and uh, that should be a barn burner. Maple Leafs minus 165 on that. The over-under is 7. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment, from their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room, to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1990. You know, Kelsey's love celebrating. Looking to host a holiday party? Book on Kelsey's.ca and save 10% for guests. Hang on. Hang on a second. I don't know what's happening. Uh, Kelsey's love celebrating. <laughs> Apparently, my voice is changing. Yeah, weird, eh? Uh-huh. If you're looking to. all the moisture down there? I know. I don't know. Yeah. 
If you're looking to host a holiday party, book on Kelsey's.ca and save 10% per guest. Also, book your party before November 15th. You could win a $500 gift card. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more information. Let me give you some more information about Kelsey's. If you're a hockey fan, grab your buddies and head on down to Kelsey's to watch the game. Enjoy a 16-ounce Molson Canadian draft. It's a good price, Freddie. Only six fifty. Yeah. Plus, enter for your chance to win original six hockey tickets. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game, get a ticket, and enter to win. The contest is on for a limited time only. Game night should not be a tame night. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today. The original Roadhouse. Visit Kelsey's.ca for more details. No purchase necessary. Taxtras. Taxtras. Taxes extra. Must be legal drinking age. And uh, we are, look, uh, listen, I sent a note to the guys yesterday, and we are looking for more information for you as far as our Humble and Fred gift of Kelsey's Christmas, which we will uh, hopefully have for you, uh, you know, before too long. Because we want to spend... it's going to be fun times. Hmm. You know, it will be fun, you know, Mm -hmm. if we don't have a recurrence of the uh, pandemic. Mm Mm-hmm. It'll be the first time we've had a, a live broadcast since 2019. Yeah. And, uh, great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, would you do me a favor today? Just remind me, because I keep forgetting before the show's over to uh, play another uh, Bow Dog spot. Okay, right on. Just write that down somewhere because I can't seem to keep that together. You know, it's a lot going on. Hey, speaking of keeping stuff together, let me uh, let me get the intro, baby. Here we go. That's not his intro. Let me get rid of that. There's his intro. Speaking of number of episodes, I've lost track of the number of episodes this sweet angel's been on. Going past uh, at least, well, we thought about it, over seven years. Might be into year eight. That's because it's working, folks. He is the retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. I'm guessing from the U.S. office. Hello, sir. Uh, good morning, all from uh, all ports, uh, all points, or so. Our uh, mic's not on. Timmy, your mic hasn't been clicked on yet. No, we're we're here in. No, no, no. You'll get it. But that was you talking into your, into your computer. Okay, how about now? There you go. Third time lucky. I, I did 98% on my pre-check uh, there. Apologies. Yeah, Anyhow, no I thought maybe you're playing the Todd Rundgren and the Daryl Hall, which I know we all love, um, in honor of them uh, performing in Vegas tonight. Well, I told I was just, you missed that part. I, I, I did it because I read an article that they're on tour. Mm-hmm. And they were, I guess, in L.A. last night. And, uh, yeah, I, was, they, I saw the uh, set list, and I just started uh, picking from it. I'm always like Todd Rundgren. And, uh, of course, Daryl Hall. Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah, they're, they're both awesome. And uh, I, I just, I'm getting to be an old guy, apparently, because when I look at prices of concert tickets now, I mean, they're just crazy. I, on that note, Blue Rodeo, December 13th and 14th, playing at Massey Hall. I saw that. I thought, there's a show I'd go to. Blue Rodeo, Massey Hall. Yeah. Fantastic. You should see the ticket prices. What the are cheapest, they? Uh, the, the, the cheapest tickets, almost $200. Come on. And it's like, 
okay, I like Blue Rodeo, but to the tune of over $400 for me and Delise, I'm not sure, you know. But the stuff, like the the front row, the 100 section, it's like $350 a ticket. Wow. On Ticketmaster, and it's like that, you know, I'm priced out. Sorry. I'm Anthony Jeselnik is in uh, Toronto, one of my faves, and, and throughout most Canada, I think, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's there in March, and same deal. It's like three, $400. I mean, I can watch it on Netflix yeah. on a big TV for free, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, so I would ask you guys, yeah, what, what mm-hmm. is the number? Like, for me, I don't even know anymore, but like, you know, what is sort of a standard issue ticket? Like, the show I did with Jeremy, and Jeremy's very good, but he's on Anthony Jeselnik. And at the uh, Danforth Music Hall, his tickets were going, I think, 90 or or $100 a person. And that's for a guy that doesn't have anywhere near the fame of Anthony Jeselnik or Bill Burr or any of those other guys. But, you know, he goes across the country and does 1,000 to 1,500-seat theaters at 100 bucks a ticket. Yeah. Well, the Blue Rodeo thing, and I, as I said to Delise, I said, you know, if I clicked on there and it was around 100 bucks a ticket, I would have thought, yeah, I, I can justify that. Mm-hmm. Like, And again, I love Blue Rodeo, but again, it's not Paul McCartney. It's not, they're good, and I think in that setting would be great, but... You know, you have your limits. <laughs> well, for Paul McCartney, though, you've paid even more than that. Well, yeah, but at the time, it seemed like a lot. It was close to $600 for two tickets, and I could justify that in my brain to see a Beatle, you know, maybe the last chance ever, my only chance. But again, uh, you know, I used to see Blue Rodeo at bars, and, you know, and Listen, I don't uh, know. Tim, I just, Tim's, I don't Tim's seen Blue Rodeo in our studio. Yeah. Um, say, I just look, you know, it's funny. You sent this, uh, Timmy, you sent this, uh, no, these notes a week or so ago, but I just opened the attachment with the new puppy. <laughs> that's a really, mm-hmm. that's a great shot of, uh, Allie having a, uh, having her own, um, her own cafe on the way down. Right. Well, Starbucks has her puppuccinos, of course, which I've, uh, discovered from sampling that it's just whipped cream, mm. but, uh, she had three <laughs> on the way down. She was very, very good. And, by the third one, she'd figure out how to just have her snout into it and hold on to it all by herself. So, yeah, it's uh, a great shot. Very talented young puppy there. Wait a minute. Run this. What are we talking about here? What What is it? If you open- it's a puppuccino, Fred, at Starbucks. Yeah. And uh, they just take a little uh, cup, like a Dixie cup thing almost, uh, branded, uh-huh. of course, and put some whipped cream in there. And that's a doggy's treat uh, when you go there. So it's actually marketed for, for dogs. And, like, and it's free. Yeah. <laughs> You'd love wow. it. It's free. Yeah. I tell, that's what you should do, Freddie. Go to there and say you have a dog. Now, yeah. Freddie, open up the bottom. There's an attachment to the bottom of Tim's uh, notes this week, uh, which start with the idea of life insurance basics as part of your retirement. Uh, you've seen that picture now? Mm-hmm. Isn't that great? I, I love the fact that. that Allie has her hand on your shoulder. She's like, you're doing great, Dad. You're just doing great. <laughs> Eyes on the road, Dad. Eyes, on, Eyes the road. on the road. That's what she's saying. What, what, I, I, you'd think by now most people would have a handle on what life insurance basics are. Well, you know, we, we might, and we probably know it exists, and, and most people have it. But when you really think about it for a financial plan, you, you could argue it's more important than investments. Because if you die prematurely, if, if you get a disability, I was going to say unexpectedly, I guess they all come unexpectedly. If you, if you have a critical illness, I mean, critical illness will pay off 
even if you get cured, you know, you, you just have to get it. It's weird phraseology. But, <laughs> you know, the, whether your portfolio is 1% more up or down last year doesn't really matter if any of those things hit you and you're underinsured. And it's usually a, a very small percentage of what we put away for even a car or house insurance, as an example. We, we, we pay that willingly. We don't really think about that. Um, but really, this is the, the bedrock for your whole financial plan. Yeah, isn't that, that that's a great point you make. We willingly pay. Oh, look, my car insurance is up again. I got to pay it. And of course, we have to have our cars on some level. But the price of those insurances, you know, are actually a better deal. But people sort of just relax, reject them out of hand. Like, I don't need that. I don't want that. That's too expensive. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think about it, at the age of 40, Fred, if, mm-hmm. if you're in a car accident yeah. versus pass away, uh, the ramifications are a heck of a lot worse, right? So for all, all the car insurance saves us over the years, probably if we had to, we'd survive. We'd, we'd be okay paying for that fender bender or whatever. Uh, but again, a, a premature death, critical illness, mm-hmm. disability, uh, not so much. They, they can really affect the the financial future of your family for decades. You know, this uh, next point relates, I can relate to this. It says, what if your current coverage is renewing? I'll be honest, my last life insurance was 50 to 60. I bought the 10-year term. I should have bought the 20 because when it renewed at 60, the premium from what I paid at 50 to what I would have to pay at 60 was just, here I am. I'm saying, too expensive, too much for me. I'm going to live without it whether that was the right choice, but it's very important to get in at the right time and buy the, buy the right term as well, right, Timmy? Yeah, super important, of course, to hopefully get it right the first time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and things are a lot more flexible nowadays. It doesn't have to be a 5, 10, 20. There, there's other options uh, for the term insurance. Uh, I'd say if any of the listeners are, say, two to even three years away from their renewal, uh, it, it'd be good to start now and just see what the price would be if they started with a new uh, policy often you can come out way ahead if if you're in good health so you can have the proper coverage proper length and, and at a decent uh, cost and you may have touched on this but let's talk about the idea of protection which is you know you know what happens if you need it versus wealth creation because a lot of us were sold back in when we were in our 30s and 40s about you know using insurance to create wealth and I, i'm not sure i ever really understood it Right. And, and, and there's lots of tax advantages to it, Howard. You know, you, you've got the uh, death benefit when you ultimately pass uh, away. But it, it's, a, it's a very good tax effective way to shield wealth. In fact, I've seen some people call it like a unlimited TFSA to use a, a whole life, a universal life. Uh, again, there's, there's the, the cost of the insurance, but you get a benefit from that. But, but ultimately, you can kind of put it in for, for free and take it out for free later on. So if you're somebody who's got, uh, would love to have 200000 to put into their TFSA, uh, you know, for room or whatever, uh, this is a really good alternative to, uh, to that. And it can be mm. uh, somewhat of a, you know, quote unquote, unlimited TFSA for people or, or for other purposes as well. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Oh, those uh, tax-free savings accounts, they were a great uh, great creation, were they not? Yeah. 
They're they're awesome. I uh, of course we all wish that they were ten mm-hmm. years. It's the old plant a tree twenty years ago thing. Yeah. But uh, we wish That's the same for, sure. for TFSAs. But you got to give the government credit. I think it was uh, Tony Clements' boy uh, Harper that that did both of them. But uh, allowed the income splitting a pension income between spouses, which is super huge. A lot of good tax benefits to that in the. Uh, the, the TFSA creation and all as well. That, Those are was, a couple that, things that are huge. That was evil, Stephen. I can't believe that. He was the devil. <laughs> mm. well, I, you know, his, was wrong and bad. His eyes were too close together, I felt. <laughs> um, you know, you. I'm sure you get requests to review listeners' plans, investments, and such. Um, but I, I think people should know that you'd be happy to do the same for their insurance's needs or uh, maybe the lack of insurance. The thing maybe you can top it up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it is commonly an investment-driven reach out from uh, from people. Uh, often the plan too, which is super cool. Uh, you know, if they're a few years away from retirement, they want to make sure they're on track and all. But yeah, at any age, any stage, definitely, we'd be more than happy to just look at their their stuff for them because they probably haven't done that for a long time. So uh, yeah, we'd be sure. happy to. Uh, all right, and, and how do you feel? We asked Jeff Lummy this question. Right? You've, you've been back down in the southern office. Are you starting to feel settled down there? It's been a few weeks, getting used to it again? Yeah, we, we've just been here for a week. We stopped in Tally to visit our daughter and family for uh, for a while. Uh, so we got here a week ago today, and it, it's great. It's home for us as well, and we've already seen so many good good pals and all the the golf course is easier the the weather is warmer uh it's uh it's good living yeah i will tell you one thing about because i'm you're you're at sea level as well i'm at i'm playing uh you know just off the ocean here so i'd forgotten that golf ball doesn't go as far as it does up north and uh oh it's not my decelerated impact <laughs> no, no it's not um <laughs> listen man great talking to you the retirement sherpa tim.niblet or raymondjames.ca and we will see you one week from today Yes, sir. Howard, sir. Awesome as always. And enjoy and profit there, lads. All right. Okay, Thanks, Timmy. Timmy. Good to Very see nice. you. Have an octopus. <laughs> Have an octopus. You're funny. He knows what I'm doing. Oh, no. I know. We all know. We all know. All righty. <laughs> uh-uh. I don't know what's going on. I need to uh, drink some water or something. Oh, man. I had that yesterday. In the beginning of today, I seem to have cleared up. You know, I don't know, man. that be? Just be getting old. Been talking for a long time, you and I. I read a report this morning about uh, lung cancer. Oh, great. No, and how lung cancer used to be the leading cancer. Like, it was number one. Mm. It was a bullet. And it's plummeted over the past decade or so. And they're thinking, why is that? Well, how many people have quit smoking, stopped smoking? Smoking isn't what it used to be, you know, in generations before. And then it reminds me of those scenes we've seen, you know, back when the tobacco industry was called into court and mm-hmm. they denied any connection between <laughs> smoking and lung cancer. You've seen though, have you you've oh, seen yeah. that stuff? And it's like unbelievable. They're arguing that, oh, there's no, you can't prove that. There's no connection. <laughs> Sorry, but anyway, where are you getting that from? Can't, Lung cancer has gone way down, and it's obviously correlated to people smoking less. Well, and also even, you know, when Dan and I were young, and we were young at one point, and we would roll joints and smoke joints, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we go back so far, Dan and I, uh, 
We I, do you remember this, Dan? Where you would take your weed. And it was all some, you know, the cheaper shit that we were smoking. It had stems and seeds, and you just sort of shake it out, and then you'd put the good stuff on top of the album cover and roll it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or in a book, or in a book, and the, think the about in the book. Yeah, no, think about all those, you know, people that not only did cigarette smoking fall away, but you know, I, I haven't really seen anyone smoking a joint joint for a long time. You know, it's all. You know, vaporizing it, or they, you know, maybe in a, you know, I, I, I can't remember the last time I, mean, I haven't smoked any weed in a year now, but I can't remember the last time you and I smoked a joint. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, you you stopped smoking entirely. So. Well, no, but do, do you yeah. do, you, do you, have you in, since uh, in marijuana being legal? Have you do you, do you remember the last time you rolled up a joint? No, I'm not a joint roller. I, I, I used to be, but no, I don't do that. I, the the infuser thing once in a while, or mm-hmm. or edibles is kind of where I'm at with with the whole thing now. Remember that song? Don't bogart that joint, yeah. my friend. Pass it over to me. Um, it's part of the fabric of the city, as far as I'm concerned. Now it seems whenever I go downtown Toronto, now I smell marijuana everywhere. I don't know if I'm sensitive or what, but. Especially around the dome when you come out of a game. Yeah, maybe. You just can't wait to light up their joints after a game. But uh, that may, all of this may contribute to a uh, you know decrease in people's lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, before yeah, what's, Dan- what's the new uh, top cancer? If you're doing the top 10 cancer cancer countdown. Oh, uh, you know what? I don't have that at hand, but I <laughs> can imagine it's... Um, skin, probably. Yeah, I bet you skin. Skin's up there. Yeah. Uh, prostate cancer's huge, but it doesn't, you know... Breast cancer would be in the um, top five. Breast cancer, yeah. Men can get breast cancer as well. Mm, yes, they can. Um, before we get to uh, Dan's news... Uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, our friend Tim Daniels and what we learned yesterday from the world of boron. Boron 1. You know, I mentioned uh, daily that the number of items that contain boron in homes, not only surprising, uh, but really something else. Roofing materials, wallboard, paint, fiberglass, insulation, uh, plastic, bricks, pipes, and wires. Boron helps to protect from mold, fungus, and insects. You don't need to know that, except you need to know this. Very few companies ever get to the stage that Boron 1 is at, which is getting close to, you know, putting the plans together to take Boron out of the ground. Why is this good for you? Well, as Tim was saying yesterday, the um, the risk in investment has gone from very high to moderate to at some point the boron one train will be leaving and you might want to get some of your people on it boron one.com find out more about this company get your sherpa or get our retirement sherpa to you know give you some advice around a uh, possible investment we make no claims but uh they support us so of course we support them did you want to play the bodog course or uh yes i do Now, this isn't on Phantom Power, although I understand it's on the 25th anniversary Phantom Power box set. And I was thinking about this the other day. One of my favorite hip songs. Do you like this song? Mm -hmm. Gift Shop. I don't even know if Dan Duran likes the hip. You never know with Dan Duran. 
They may not. They're be. okay. There's some great songs that they have. They may not I'm be not, world. I'm not music. as crazy about them as you guys. Right? Yeah, they may not be world music enough for Dan. There's not any didgeridoos and <laughs> fucking made-up instruments in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, taste is a funny thing, is it not? I remember being at a, a place once, and uh, in fact, it was the night of the Hips' last concert, and there was a guy there, and he wanted everyone to know that the Hips sucked, and he loved his fucking uh, country music. Mm. And I just like that. That's interesting. Because, you know, I don't like that poppy country, country music shit that people play all the time. Yeah. Like, We're going to party tonight and get in a fight and all that shit. And, you know, he seemed to be big on that. And then going about talking about the poor man on stage who was about to die and how shitty he was. Mm. It was interesting. Funny that um, funny how people will react uh-huh. to different tastes in different arenas. For instance. Yeah. You could say to me, we could we could be somewhere, I don't know, and mm-hmm. everyone's having Chinese food. And you could say, I don't like Chinese food. And I'd be like, oh, that's cool. I wouldn't think mm-hmm. you were a fucking idiot. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But if you don't like Steely Dan or you don't like, to, you know, something, I'll be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, you could not like a movie that I like. And I won't. I'm just saying that music has a pretty mm-hmm. strong react, gets a strong reaction oh. from people. And if somebody just said, you know, I don't care for the tragically hip like Dan, it's like, oh, okay, I understand that. But then when you, you know, off the tail of that, you give your example of what good music is. Right. And in your mind, it's like schlock. And then it's like, wow, that's, yeah, taste is funny. <laughs> taste is a funny thing. Uh, before Dan Duran's yeah. news, how about a, uh, a message from these fine folks? Feeling stuck on the sidelines? Hey, watch where you're walking, man. When life gives you too much to tackle... I'm going to need that draft tomorrow. You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Get the latest sports odds and free tips to help you go all the way this football season. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes. As for credentials, he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Bruno Gerusi's kid's house, where there's a beautiful <laughs> pot of uh, pasta sauce, but not for Dan. Not yeah. for Dan. <laughs> Here's movie okay. anchorman, Daniel J. Giebert. Yeah, right, where accuracy is important. <laughs> hey, uh, on a day where the Alberta government is thought to announce that they're going to break up Alberta health services, uh, a day where Ivanka Trump is going to testify in the active Trump trial in New York City, and uh, a day, well, following uh, Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene's inspired amendment to reduce Pete Buttigieg's salary, he's a transportation secretary down there, to $1. Uh, it's passed its first vote. But, you know, last night there was a bunch of elections in the United States with which brings us uh, to this quote. Pure democracies are not the way to run a country. This is what, what? Rick, Rick Santorum said this. 
after all, there was, uh, they, they had referendums, basically referendums. There were items on the ballot like uh, Ohio voters approved a measure legalizing recreational marijuana overwhelmingly and a separate measure to uphold the right to an abortion in the state's con- constitution. Abortion has been a big issue in the states, mm-hmm. as you probably know. Uh, so former Republican Senator Pete Buttigieg on uh, on Newsmax yesterday says very sexy issues like abortion. No, bringing- you mean Santorum. You said Buttigieg. Oh, Santorum. Yeah, yeah. Santorum. Buttigieg. Yeah, Santorum. Uh, bringing out young voters um, is evidence that pure democracies are not the way to run a country. No. Because sexy issues bring out young voters. So I, th- I saw some of that reaction last night. It was funny, you know, because the results come in and then they want to change the rules. Yeah, it's of like, course. Well, maybe it should be 60% rather than 50%, you know? Right. Hey, Freddie, do me a favor. Turn your mic up a little bit. There seems to me? be. Yeah, you seem to have dropped down somehow during the show. Oh. Just give me a. All right. Or, or maybe, uh, I don't know, there's a little bit of an imbalance. But uh, yeah, okay. the. Yeah, you guys, well, I, we talked about it the other day that on the first day of if, if he's elected on the first day that Trump gets back in office, not only is he going to go on a revenge rampage, but he's talking about invoking the Insurrection Act and making the military part of a police state like, oh, you know, what's his face? Old, old Adolf, old Adolf Hitler, you know? Can you imagine that? But there is actually, as I said earlier in the show, some encouraging stuff through this. Again, a year before his second election victory, Obama had similar numbers to what Biden has now. It's just the way it is. It's the way the cookie crumbles. It's the way the game is played. Mm-hmm. Um, but all these all these elections they have, whatever you call them last night, the referendums, the gubernatorial elections, they're all falling the Democrats' way. And it's it's like that silent group that, you know, just sitting back going, yeah, Trump is a fucking crazy man. I'm not going to say it publicly. I'll just say it with my ballot. We can only hope that's what's going to Well, it's encouraging for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan, just say something for a second now, because I think I've had a little balance issues with this mic today. So, oh. uh, okay, we're saying something yeah, right to, now. So you're here. Yeah, you're you're really loud. Not not because you because you have okay. a beautiful huh. beautiful Less voice. Less loud now. What I'm no. What I've done is I've just pumped up Fred's microphone. I know it's the end of the show, and I, but I just all show long, Freddie. I think I felt you were a little bit low. I'll fix it in the mix, but that's fine. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll find you know in this abortion issue in the United States, it's like last night Ohio, a red state. It's like you know you, he's fucking with those women, the, mm-hmm. the GOP fucking with those women. They better watch what they're doing. I mean, that alone could screw them in uh, November of next year. Yeah, you know, as you just said something about changing the rules. Sometime in the last couple of weeks, I was thinking of this term you hear all the time in the states: gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I better look that up because I'm not 100% sure what it means and how it's done. But look it up. It's pretty fucking wild. How oh, they, yeah. How they redraw districts in the states to their advantage. And I'm like, they're not for democracy. I, of course, Rick Santorum said that. You know, mm-hmm. they, and, and it's as plain as day. They say we're a republic, not a true democracy. Well, mm-hmm. when you look at some of the things that they do, re, this gerrymandering, one of them, you think to yourself, well, how do they, how do they get away mm-hmm. with it? 
No, I know. Oh, look at that. There's too many Democrats up in that area. So we'll just carve that down and make it part of the of the riding that's going to go to Democrats anyway. And then we'll have less Democrats here, which means we'll Mm -hmm. win this one that's on the fence. Uh, I know it goes on every day. And as Let's I put all the black voters in, in one absolutely, yeah. they're yeah. not spread around. Yeah, you know, Dan, and whether it's black voters mm-hmm. or the economically, you know, the people on the really low end of the scale, which is a good amount of the Trump support, I, I know it is, but it's not all of it. But as I always say, and I and I don't really, I don't know that I say it that articulately, but I, my sentiment is always that the people that tr- support Trump the most are the ones that are most affected Mm -hmm. by how shitty his policies are Mm -hmm. because all that you know all that debt he ran up during his presidency was to give tax breaks to rich Mm -hmm. people you know the whole drain the swamp of bullshit he flooded the swamp Mm -hmm. oh yeah but again that doesn't even seem that deep but it's deeper than most want to go you know he just stands up there and says, "If you know, if I had remained president, I would have saved millions of lives. Sounds good to me. I yeah. like him. Hmm. <laughs> he would have saved lives. Yeah, I like that guy. I know. It's just bullshit. Again, it, to me, it's the uh, it's just a disappointment how generally stupid the country has become. But, but everybody yeah. has a story. Yeah, and I mean disappointment. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised anymore. You know." I mean, I, I started when I was doing stand up in the States, this was 1986, seven, eight. And I, you know, sort of would joke about how, you know, Canada has stupid people, but just not as many as stupid because they're just the population. Right. But mm-hmm. like I was I sort of was being a, a bit facetious, not thinking that is actually true. Because they're because of the fact that they don't travel, they don't leave their county. They only get their news source from, you know, one sort of sliver of the uh, information uh, wheel. Mm-hmm. What else would they think? Well, really, they, they, there's, there's a phrase, they come by it honestly. What else would they think? Mm-hmm. And you got them. There's a whole part of that country in the mid-south part, mid-United States, you know, off the coast where people can live literally in shacks mm-hmm. all year round. They don't have to worry about central heating. They don't have, you know what I mean? So it means they live a whole different lifestyle where they're shielded so from so much reality and so much of the bullshit that most of us have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. Their decisions become very, very simple. <laughs> and if the orange man can tell them, I'm somehow going to make you rich, even though you live in this shack and yeah, don't work, well, they're house. all in. They're all in. I mean, look, the only people, mm-hmm. the only person we know who lived in a shack is Dan Turan. And look what, <laughs> look what happened to him. He's Howard, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you something. A couple of years ago, driving from here to Panama City Beach, mm-hmm. once we got down the north part of Florida and what was above that, I forget. Georgia. What state you drive. Georgia. Whatever you drive. Yeah, Georgia. But when you're going to Panama City, I think it might be... Alabama, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's shocking. Yeah. Mile after mile after mile, it looks like the Beverly Hillbillies. And these are the people that are voting for Donald Trump. Well, at and one it point. It gets back to you. And why? He's not going to do anything for them. 
And and at one point, they weren't voting for anyone. I mean, that's what, you know, again, one of the geniuses, the genius of Donald Trump is he galvanized those people mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gave them hope. Because he, he was, you know, say what you want about him. Uh, he's a fucking asshole. But he, he was a, such a, dis- they'd never seen anything like that guy. Mm-hmm. He was like a cartoon version of a, what, a, what they thought a rich guy would be, you know, and if they could be a rich guy, they'd want to be that kind of rich guy, you know, <laughs> saying shit, you know, just uh, outrageous, fucking weird hair, lots of chicks around him. Yeah, whatever. He fucking rapes some chick, whatever, you know, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's why none of the normal social norms, they don't apply to him. Mm hmm. Anyway, Dan, what was the the gist of your story? Was what what was the point again? <laughs> <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that <laughs> somewhere back there, it was that uh, pure democracies are not the way to run a that's country. Right, that that's right. That's right. That's the go. thing that there stood we. out to me. Well, that, we that's what got us off. Yes. <laughs> that's the attitude of of the Republican that's Party. That's what did it. There. That's yeah. all we needed. Tomorrow right. on the show, we're going to be doing some emails. And uh, I left a couple things that I want to run by you. Again, trying to make the case that we'd all be just fine if it wasn't for religion. And I will have another clip tomorrow, Dan, that will help prove that point. Okay, we'd all be just fine. Oh, yeah. You think without religion? Without religion, no problems. No problems of the world. Well, you know, I, I think we could reduce a lot of them, my friend. You know, okay. well, it's, I can't wait to have that uh, discussion tomorrow. Yeah. To, to me, it would be almost immeasurable. If you eliminated religion tomorrow, this world would be uh, like there's you, still going to be tribes. There's still going to be tribes. Yeah, of people yeah. But the be, thing is, yeah, it doesn't matter. They're, they're, they're not going to they might be. Is, this sounds ridiculous. Fighting over tangible things. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, if you look into the Middle East, the Sunnis, the Shiites, all you, you almost if you look at all of that including Islam, it is all based on, mm-hmm. you know, my religion, your religion, what, who, who goes to heaven, who doesn't. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, I, I, and Jewish religion is, you know, it's all, it's all of it. Um, but if you extracted that, it would still, uh, there'd still be racism, wouldn't there? there oh, be, yeah, uh, I know, but just racism now. But, but the problem is, religion is so much more a problem than racism on Earth. So take religion out of the, pro- of the equation, and now we've just got racism to worry about. We, we, the big problem's gone. Yeah, the big problem is, the, 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 like, you can't even compare you know, and and you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are uh, anti-Israeli because they call them the you know the white occupiers, oppressors. But I don't know, have you ever seen an Israeli? They look just like Palestinians because they are. You know, you ever seen a like you know the the the, the genealogy of, of what an Israeli, a Jewish, that type of Jew? They, we've talked about this on the show. There's there's these Ashkenazi, and then there's the Sephardics, and the Sephardics were in the Middle East. They look, you know, they look Middle Eastern. So if there was no religion, that guy would look, looks more like me than he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, what a wonderful world! Oh, it would be. what a wonderful world! Hey, remember world. that song too? The Israelites. What was that song? Wake up in that? the morning begging yeah. for bread. Sir. It's called uh, the Israelites. Zagger. I love that song. Zagger and Evans. The Israelites. Yeah, I remember that. 
That yeah, was that like was a top forty. That it was, was like a, a top it was a, forty song. It was a great song. Oh yeah, okay. Why can't I find it? Because it was about your people. <sighs> wow. Maybe they've taken it off Spotify. Oh yeah. Hmm. Oh no, it's Desmond Decker. Mm, okay. Dan, do you remember that song? They called him Double Decker. Mm. All right. Do you remember this song? So that every mouth can be fed. See, all they need to do is just pump this out 24-7. <laughs> Everyone would be happy. Well, wouldn't that be funny, you know, in all, all those Islamic countries, you know, at, 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 at like 4 o'clock in the morning, the mega horns open up <laughs> with all right. the prayers? Play that instead. That's right. <laughs> and they all start dancing. And, and, and you know what they do, Dan? They go, you know what? Those Israelites, they're not so bad after all. Yeah, of course they're not. Yeah. A little uh, Israelite dance. Yeah, we played that at some radio station we worked at together. I can't remember. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks, Jeff Lumby. Always a great appearance. Thanks, everybody that was uh, watching on Facebook. Thanks to our sponsors. Thanks to, uh, you know, let's just try and get through another day. Uh, we're back tomorrow with all your emails. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Big email show coming up tomorrow. Tell us what you think. Share the episode with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast. Helps us out as well. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, go for a walk. Listen to Imagine with no religion and no war. And enjoy every gorgeous damn day. Where's that?